cut the track. <laughs> Welcome back to I Just Felt Like Doing This. Today is a very special Harry Potter-related episode. I'm here with my ex-roommate and best friend, Caroline Rideout. Hello. Um, when you call me your ex-roommate, that makes me sound like we have like a falling out. But in reality, you're just in the sorority and didn't like me anymore. <laughs> anyway, yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter. Oh, Potter. <laughs> I can't do it without laughing. Oh, Potter <laughs> um, You best hope I don't put bars on your window, Ronald Weasley. That's my Molly Weasley impression. Um, hi ladies, um, we sound like, hi girls and gays, gays. this is really, really though. (laughs) Um, so in today's episode, we're going to talk about, I found this article called, sponsored by BuzzFeed, um, I, (laughs) the title of this podcast episode is going to be why I left BuzzFeed. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a really toxic work environment and I just felt like my ideas weren't being appreciated <laughs> that's what every ylf buzzfeed video says literally okay but anyway this um article is called 23 unpopular harry potter opinions that'll that'll have you looking at the entire series in a new light funny enough i just noticed this it was posted on my 18th birthday so um that's so cute Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we switch the language? <laughs> Wait, what's the song? Because of eight. Oh, yeah. Because of 18. <laughs> and now I'm almost 20. Things just go downhill. No, this is like a completely side note. But do you realize that we bought like our Harry tickets when we were 18? And we're not going to see him until we're like older, like literally 20, maybe 21. That's disgusting. <laughs> Speaking of Harry. Speaking of Harry. Let's first talk about our Harry Potter journeys and experiences because we have very different experiences. Should I go first? Yeah, and we should add, like, our favorite Okay, I love that. Okay, so, hi, this is Grace speaking. I hope you know my voice by now. I am the host of this podcast. Um, but, hostess. <laughs> hostess, apple pie. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, I started reading Harry Potter. I was, like, a I was a book nerd kid. I was like that that bitchy, annoying. Um, I wasn't bitchy. That like annoying ass gifted kid. Um, I read Harry Potter when I was ten ish, maybe. I think I was in third grade, and I loved Harry Potter. It was literally like my childhood series. I like would make wands out of chopsticks, learned all the spells, had like a journal where I would like write down like all this random ass information, like the Horcruxes where they were found, like all this shit. Um, I, yeah, I was like annoying. I was obsessed with it. Um, so then obviously watched the movies. I saw the midnight premiere of the last two Deathly Hollows. Um, and yeah, I, <laughs> and then I kind of like, you know, lost touch with it as I got older, but then now the past year, it's kind of like had a resurgence like from TikTok. So I watched all the movies again um maybe eventually I'll read the books again it's just like that's big dedication and I have no brain left because of my biology major (laughs) so Caroline what about you though um this is Caroline's voice if you don't know yet um 
Well, I was that basic Christian kid who wasn't allowed to read or watch Harry Potter. And I was also gifted kid, book nerd. Like, I really wanted to read it, but my mom was like, witchcraft. (laughs) (laughs) So I wasn't allowed to. And I remember in fifth grade, I thought that maybe I was old enough to read it now. So I checked it out from the library at my school, and I read, like, the first, like, two chapters or something. And then my mom found out. Like, she saw me reading it, and she was like, no, put it down. Put it down. (laughs) So... (laughs) And then I just, like, lived my life, like, being that kid who's never seen, read Harry Potter. Like, I knew, like, the characters. Like, I knew who Voldemort was. And I knew Harry and Ron and Hermione. Everyone else, I had no idea um, anything about it, really. And so then this, the beginning of this year, my roommate, Kelsey, my new roommate, (laughs) (laughs) not my ex-roommate, well, (laughs) but... She was like, okay, we're going to watch Harry Potter because I'm a nerd. Like, I'm a Star Wars nerd. I like Marvel movies. Like, I am in Hunger Games. Like, I am that nerdy person. So she was like, I know that you'll like it. And so we watched them all. And, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. And I'm the type of – I'm a hyperfixation person. So it's been a long-ass hyperfixation because I'm still hyperfixated on it. But, yeah, I read all the books in, like, a span of, like, two weeks. I read them so quickly. Um – no, I'm not going to. <laughs> um, the ultimate nerdy thing is that I'm writing fan fiction right now. <laughs> I am so... <laughs> Ron. <laughs> I'm at the scene where they have to break into the ministry and I really don't want to write it. Um, it's going to take a lot of effort. But yeah, so I'm a Slytherin. And my favorite is Ron. I love Ron so much. I think he deserves... No hate at all. He's such a good friend, except for in Goblet of Fire. Hate on Ron, hate on Ron in Goblet of Fire. But other than that, he's my king. I, I love him so much. I didn't even say what my house is. I'm a Hufflepuff. That's... No, it's okay. Um, not a surprise. I'm a Hufflepuff. Uh, major energy. Um, my favorite character is Sirius Black. I adore him. I remember reading the spoiler but don't listen to this if you're not if you didn't if you don't know the story or whatever but when he died i like could not handle that yeah serious people and remus people are very different i'm a remus person like if i was picking i would pick remus and you have such serious energy also i this is totally and you can cut this out but i want to tell you this so i saw this tiktok that was like oh explain yourself like based on which marauder you are and i was like oh i'm a james like I am a James and I was like Kelsey is such a Remus and I was like Grace would be serious anyway I yeah I do identify it I really want them to make a Marauders movie like not even funny I know so I'm that's another point but let's start with this article so we kind of before we like we were trying to figure out what to talk about and then we were like oh let's talk about Harry Potter but the first opinion is that Neville should have been the chosen one. Now, I, because basically, if you guys don't know this theory, it's that there are a lot of crossovers between Neville's life and Harry's life. I mean, Neville was kind of born around the same time. Um, so, according to this article, it's saying, <laughs> it says, Neville is better than Harry. Neville is more caring, courageous, and dependable. Harry did a lot of the legwork because he was labeled as the chosen one, but Neville was the one who destroyed the final Horcrux in the end, allowing Voldemort to be killed. 
I do agree with that, that Harry, that Harry did do a lot of the legwork, but I don't think that Neville couldn't have been able to do it if he had been put in that position. Um, well, I think that, yeah, Harry acts like the chosen one because he literally was chosen. Like, it was like, oh, a boy born at the end of July. And they were both born at the end of July. So they were like, Harry. So Harry, yeah, is the chosen one. So why he has chosen one energy. And I agree that if Neville was chosen, he probably would have raised and been in Harry's position. And Harry would have, his parents never would have died. So he probably would have been a good kid. He would have been like probably like Cedric energy honestly like if his parents never died I think he would have been a really good kid especially because then like he would have had Sirius in his life and all these like influences so I think that like it would have just been different story like yeah and Neville would have been a lot more confident probably if he was like oh I survived because obviously he's a little shy but he he steps up to the plate and he grows all this much and like so much and I think that's what makes Neville such a good character. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I literally stand him in the last movie. I stand him in Goblet of Fire when he's practicing dancing. Thanks, Ginny. Oh, I just rewatched that movie. It's so good. Um, so yes, more of the story is Stan Neville Longbottom, but I feel like it could have gone either way. Also, let's take a moment to talk about how sad Neville's backstory is that no one ever talks about Frank and Alice. I love you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Literally. I I can't handle that. Okay, the next one. This is going to make you mad. Um, Fred and George are overrated. It said, this is what it says. I've never cared for Fred or George. I know fans love them for their jokes, tricks, and wittiness. And they were devastated when Fred died, but I just didn't have any attachment to them. Do you have any comments? How can you not have an attachment to Fred and George? Because it's such a sad ass movie series and they are like the light in it all, especially one that I think they influence Harry a lot. One I'm a vi- like people who are listening to this right now are realizing probably going to realize that I'm a very analytical person, especially when it comes to movies, but you have to think that you have to think about Harry and James and Sirius's life, like their life at school and how Fred and George are kind of the equivalents to like James and Sirius. So it's like, I think it's like so touching to think that Harry had that influence in his life still. And also they're just so fun. Like, why wouldn't you like them? Yeah. I just, I love them. Weasley family supremacy. As she's literally wearing a burrow shirt. <laughs> um, but I agree with that. I always loved them. And I thought that, I mean, despite or besides the fact that they like are completely a comic relief, especially in the later movies, which are like dark, like in Order of the Phoenix and Half-Life Prince. But they give him the Marauders map, which is like that. And they're in the order. So they like are like important people to yeah. the story. Like they fight. Anyway. And I also think like in a weird way, they're kind of like, um, they're like older brothers to him and especially since I mean he marries Jenny his best friends Ron and now that he has because the other Weasleys are kind of not really in the picture but the siblings are yeah. never really around um and so I feel like they're like a big deal and they step up to the plate especially in Deathly Hollows. I mean not to not to I mean George loses his ear and Fred dies so it's like a big deal um so I think that they're not overrated and they're essential characters to the books 
also you have to give them respect for being like businessmen and the fact that obviously Harry cared about them a lot to give them his tri-wizard earnings so that he could be anyway also I want to say George is my favorite twin but and I also want to say my favorite line of them is in order of the phoenix (laughs) it's so funny is when Ron and Hermione get the letters that they're going to be prefects and Molly's like we're gonna throw a party like yay I'm so proud of them and so they throw a party she's like oh all of my children have either been prefects or head boy and Fred <laughs> and George go what are we next door neighbors <laughs> like how could you not like that anyway who's your favorite I would actually agree um with George being my favorite Oop. hello the mic is wrapped around and the exact reason why is because um the scene in the first deathly hollows where after his ear gets blown off and he walks in and like into the kitchen and Ginny and harry are like making out and he just has a toothbrush in his ear hole i don't know why but that would literally send me like when i was 11 years old i thought that was the funniest shit so because i was like anything that's like odd i'm like here for so anyway um the next one i skipped a couple because i was like they're all boring but this one is interesting and i actually agree with this one that half-blood prince is the worst in the series now let me read what it says specifically the main plot about harry trying to procure slughorn's full memory about tom riddle's horcrux questions Dumbledore. that horcrux questions that was a weird sentence dumbledore already knew about all about horcruxes so the only thing we gained that was that voldemort created seven of them i low-key agree with this caroline knows i have said this before that i honestly think you could wrap up half-blood prince in deathly hollows or have you could have gone without this book and he could have discovered it along the way that's what i think i think it is kind of a pointless book it does give good backstory on snape though i have to say and i do like slughorn as a character so half-blood prince is my favorite movie (laughs) um shut up but here's the thing that i like about half i will say the half-blood prince book is a thousand times better than half-blood prince movie but I think it's really interesting learning about Tom Riddle's backstory and the Horcruxes because you get to, especially in the books, you like see why he chose each Horcrux. And I do love Slughorn. Whenever I'm like, people talk about Slytherins, I'm like, why don't we talk about Slughorn more? Because he's like the definition of a Slytherin, but like he's a nice person. Um, But the thing that I like so much about Half-Blood Prince is, yes, I agree. Like it takes a long time. But it, it, I feel like they're teenagers. Like, you see them going through this teenage life while, like, also, like, kind of having, like, a war. And especially with, like, Ron and Lavender and Harry and Ginny and all these things as they, like, have their teenage moments that I feel like they never got to have in anything else. And then I do really, like, I think Snape killing Dumbledore, like, that obviously tips off a lot of the stuff that to follow. So I really, I like Half-Blood Prince, but I will agree with the fact that, like, it is kind of pointless, but I like, the reason I like it so much is the balance between, like, the war, but also, like, you feel like they're kids for the first time, then, because, I mean, Goblet of Fire and, like, Order of the Phoenix, like, I didn't feel like they were, actually, Goblet of Fire, kind of, but, like, Order of the Phoenix, like, they don't feel like they're kids, you know, they're running a army and getting tortured by teachers, and then in Half-Blood Prince, they're like, kiss quidditch 
love potions. Yeah. And Slughorn. So that's my opinion. Ice cream. Slughorn ice cream. Um, okay. I don't agree with that. Okay, this is interesting because I've actually had this thought before. This one says Gryffindor and Slytherin aren't all that different. It says the Gryffindor and Slytherin houses are basically the same. They're two sides of the same coin. People that people need to give Slytherins more credit. They're not all brooding psychopathic wizards. Um, I agree with that because I feel like a lot of the traits that are associated with Gryffindor, if they're taken too far, can be... Um, you can, you know, if you're too prideful, you can almost be cunning and, and deceptive and stuff, which is like traits that typically Slytherins have. No offense. I'm talking to a Slytherin. <laughs> she just slipped me off. Um, but I think that at least the, for the majority of the Gryffindors that we know in the book series, they don't really act like Slytherins. Harry, low key, kind of an asshole sometimes. Harry chose to be in Gryffindor. Otherwise, he would have been in Slytherin because you're right. He does have that um, energy. Anyway, you can finish your rant. That's all I wanted to say was that. Oh, um, I would agree. I think they are very similar, but I think they they have like dip- what was the word? I was trying to think of the thing that was different. Oh, so I just think that Slytherins are so much more calculating than Gryffindors. Like if they were posed with the same problem, Gryffindors would just be like, let's do it. And um, like, which I agree that they're, like, both prideful people, and they're both actually very loyal, like, even though I know that, like, Hufflepuffs are loyal, yeah. like, that's their whole brand, but I think that Slytherins and them and, like, Gryffindors are very loyal to their ideals, and, but I think the main difference between Gryffindors and Slytherins, and this is coming from a Slytherin, is, yeah, that, like, Gryffindors would be, like, oh, let's just do it, like, and do it, yeah. and don't think about the consequences, they think it's the best like Harry going t- to the ministry at the end of Order of the Phoenix. Like there were so many different routes that you could, you could have checked the mirror, Harry, see if Sirius was in it. Like, don't just go. And Slytherins would probably take their time and plan it, even if it's like a little bit more time, but they like think about their options more. But Gryffindors are like, let's do it for the good of the people. Yeah. But I do agree that they are very similar, but I don't think that Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff are similar. I would agree. I feel like I also on like a side tangent, I feel like Slytherin or uh, Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs are like um, underrepresented because you have Hufflepuff like the only really the main one is Cedric and Tonks Erasure. Oh, really? I did not know Tonks was a Hufflepuff. I always thought she was a Slytherin. Tonks is a Hufflepuff because Andromeda was a Slytherin, but she married Ted, who is a Hufflepuff, which is why I think that Tonks is a Hufflepuff. Shout out to Tonks. I love you. Rest in peace. I know. That's so sad. She was always one of my faves. Anyway, Professor Sprout. And then for Ravenclaws, it's like Professor Flitwick and Cho Chang. (laughs) You know who else is a Ravenclaw? Lockhart. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the Ravenclaw representation. And there's like book characters, obviously, yeah. but like they're like who cares about Roger Davies or Hannah Abbott? Like no like one. The, the Hannah Abbott marries Neville. Anyway, sorry. I know all these random ass fun facts, which is embarrassing. Like we said, she does get fixated on stuff. Um, okay. Um, Draco Malfoy deserved better. That's the next one. That it said. It says basically like 
he deserved a a redemption arc and that he was kind of like forced to become a death eater do you have comments okay here's my thing about draco i i i am a draco stan i I like a toxic boy you know it's like fun that they're toxic (laughs) i like fixing them that's the type two dumping out but here's my thing about draco is while I guess I agree that he was forced to be in it, like, it was all he knew, and so it was like, oh, this is the route I have to take, and while I think, like, yeah, he obviously started to realize it was bad, I think he had his own redemption arc, which is kind of unpopular to say, because obviously he didn't have, like, a thing where he's like, I am good now, but he did things for the better of them, and so did um, Narcissa, like, at the end, but, like, the things that I think about is obviously he didn't kill Dumbledore, that was the thing, he didn't want to, you know he didn't want to, and he didn't. Yeah. Okay. Because in my opinion, I am like not an, a Malfoy stand at all, and like when he chooses not to kill Dumbledore, I don't think it's like out of the good of his heart. I think he's just like a baby, and he's scared to do it. I agree, but also it would have been so easy just to do it because Dumbledore was literally well. Dumbledore let him get disarmed. But, like, he didn't, Dumbledore didn't have a wand. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, literally all he had to say was Vada Kedavra and then didn't do it. And even in the book, Harry talks about how he has pity for Draco after that scene. He's like, I still hate him, but, like, he had an ounce of pity. But the scenes that I think, like, show Draco's redemption is obviously when he knows it's Harry at Malfoy Manor. Like, it is very clear. He's there with Ron and Hermione. Like, duh, it's Harry. It doesn't matter how bad your face is messed up. If Ron and Hermione are there, it's definitely Harry. And he chooses not to say. Like, he said, oh, I don't know. And um, and in, like, the Room of Requirement, they have, like, the thing with Harry picking... Like, I feel like Harry can tell that, like, Draco isn't inherently evil. But I don't think there was going to be a scene where Draco says, I'm switching sides. Yeah. So I think he has his own redemption in a way that... In the only way that he could... As in, as a 17-year-old person with two Death Eater parents. Like, he would have gotten disowned. So he helped in the only ways that he could. But I still think he's kind of evil. Anyway. Yeah, I think he's kind of, like, resigned himself to the fact that he's kind of stuck where he is. So, I, I mean, that's a good point. Like, he kind of does what he can without pissing off his parents. Um, and, I mean, I don't know. I, I It's hard to feel bad for him, but it's also, like... I understand how like terrifying that must be to have parents who are like serving your right yeah your whole family Malfoy Manor like served as his headquarters yeah. like that's at your house yeah. that's crazy so like that's really hard to be like uh actually I'm gonna go like not even like necessarily like be like oh yeah I'm gonna go help like the other side but just be like neutral like you can't even do that so I do understand that but I think that's a very good point saying that he has had somewhat of a a redemption arc I feel like very different from Snape's but okay this uh let's find a good one I am in charge of finding them (laughs) <laughs> this one says Harry didn't know how to take care of pets. That's so true. <laughs> I know. And then he just got shot down. Whip. Um, I'm so sorry. Hedwig, rest in peace. Hedwig's death like really hurt me, actually. I remember when we were first watching it, um, they were like flying in the air and I turned to Kelsey and I was like, I swear to God, if Hed- if Hedwig dies right now and then like not even like five minutes later, it was she was like, 
<laughs> a little squeak, you know? <sighs> that hurt. Anyway, enough about Hedwig. But yeah, Harry was bad taking care of pets. He would like just let her go. And I was like, I understand she's an owl and like she's smart. But like, yeah, they were all bad. The only one that was good was Hermione with Crookshanks. Um, anyway, this one says, this is so funny. Harry and Ginny's relationship wasn't believable. I... I don't know if this is just because of the movie. I mean, yet I haven't read the books in almost 10 years. I should do that. Um, I know. Um, I'm like, God, I'm old. But anyway, I feel like it was probably in the movies. There was just not enough time to basically like in any. It, I mean, the article is saying like there was no tension between them, which I I agree I don't remember well enough in the books if there was. So Caroline could touch on that. <laughs> I got mad, Ginny T. I love Ginny. Like, I think Ginny is such a badass. And I do agree that the movies did not do her justice. Um, I think that they were super cute in the books. Because obviously, and it was clear in the movies that like Ginny liked Harry for a long time. But in the books, like you see him all of a sudden like shift and be like, wait, I can't. Like, I kind of like Ginny. And she's, like, dating Dean Thomas. <laughs> and he's, like, hmm, I wonder what she sees in him. Like, all this stuff. And um, so there's definitely a lot more tension in the books, I agree. And especially their first kiss. I think about that all the time. Do you remember their first kiss? Wait, um, where, when was it? So their first kiss. Basically, one, because he took the liquid luck, he bumped into Ginny and Dean, but he was under his invisibility cloak. And then Ginny broke up with Dean because she was mad. But it was, like, because Harry was on Liquid Luck. And one, he was, like, trying to, like, push back the thoughts because he was, like, this is literally my best friend's, like, little sister. Like, I can't like her. And um, this is probably going to be because I have so many things to say about Ginny. But so after they win the Quidditch World Cup, hey, not the Quidditch <laughs> they won the Quidditch World Cup, the Quidditch Cup, sixth year. Um, because Harry wasn't allowed to play because Snape was an asshole. But so they get, he gets back to the common room and they're all in there like celebrating and he like sees Ginny and then they, he just like goes up and like just kisses her in the middle of the room and like everyone is watching and Ron is like, what the fuck? <laughs> but then it's like cute cause Ron is like, okay, like I'm fine with it. And Jenny's like there's this one scene in the book that I remember so vividly that like Ron is like I don't like you guys like hanging out around me all the time like it's kind of gross and he's like shut up like you were just with lavender like literally sucking each other's faces off all the time um and then Jenny's like oh yeah um everyone's saying that like Harry has like a hippogriff tattooed on his chest like it's so badass and Ron is like gross and Ginny's like, oh, I told them that you have a pygmy puff tattooed, <laughs> but I didn't tell them where. <laughs> and another thing, so it's like cute. And then they break up because Harry's like trying to be the better person. He's like, I don't want Voldemort to use you against me. And Ginny's like, I don't care. And he's like, but I do. She already was invisible. Literally. I was like, she was possessed. Do you not remember that? But then I think it's cute because when they were broken up, like in hunting horcruxes, he would check the Marauders map and just like stare at Ginny's name and just and it like said like, oh, he would just watch her name and hope that like somehow she could like feel his staring through the map and like know that he missed her and stuff. And like, is that not so cute? And then you were just robbed of that in the movies. In the movies, it was like, oh, let's kiss in the room of requirement. <laughs> anyway, so. I would agree, but not book 
Jenny. Book Jenny is superior, and I love her. Doesn't she, like, allegedly, for her career, she's, like, a professional Quidditch player? I've heard that. Um, I saw, like, a, a, yeah, or something, and it was, like, all of their professions, and she was a professional player. Anyway, um, this is interesting. Hagrid did more for Harry than Sirius Black. Low-key. But I also feel like it is partially the situation that Sirius was put in where, I mean, he... W- First of all, was in prison. <laughs> Lamau. Twelve years. Twelve years of it. Ben. <laughs> but he was in prison, so like, yeah, obviously. And like like um he obviously Harry was raised not in a wizarding family so he didn't even know. Um he didn't know that Sirius was his godfather until he was like I don't know, he well, he was a third year. Um he was thirteen, yeah. But Hagrid I feel like Hagrid, I mean, he obviously brought him to the Dursleys. Did he do much? Did he do anything during that time? I don't really know if he, like, watched over Harry or anything. Obviously told Harry, you're a wizard, Harry, and brought him to the wizarding world, basically. Um, brought, bought him Hedwig, yeah. He was always, like, a mentor and, like, a safe place for all three of them to go um, throughout their time at Hogwarts. So it's just, like... I feel like it's just like a different relationship. I, I'm I'm I've been talking so much. I'm so sorry. Like I have so many opinions in my brain, and it's like there's just like so much to unpack. Um, <laughs> I'll sum it. I'll sum this up with like one sentence. Hagrid was who he needed at Hogwarts. Sirius was who he needed in his life. Yeah. Mic drop. That's a very good point. I but it's sad because, like. Rest in peace, serious. Like literally, imagine like meeting your godfather and someone you look up to so much, and then two years later, he's dead. But the sad thing about it, it being only two years is that one, he thought he was gonna live with Sirius, then Pettigrew got away, so then he couldn't even see Sirius again until base. He saw him like a few times in Goblet of Fire, but basically until fifth year, and then even then he was stuck in Grimmauld Place. So Harry didn't get to spend any time with him, basically, which is really, really sad. Sirius deserved better. So I'm like almost like in that way you could make the argument that Hagrid did do more for Sirius, but I think it's they still, like, wrote, they still wrote it, whatever. And I think like it it was like a big deal for Sir- for Harry to have that relationship with Sirius, even though it was like not that long because it's like a connection to his parents. So I'm. <sighs> I just love Sirius Black. I love Hagrid too. He is one of my favorite. I would say he's probably my second favorite character. Um, this one, this one says, uh, "Wait, I'm trying to look for a good one." That will make you mad. Oh, Harry should have not lived past the final battle. The, I, why would they say that? I feel like, well, I mean, Harry did die. <laughs> But, I mean, that then it's just, like, over. Like, there were plenty of people who died and sacrificed their life. But he's the boy who lived. You can't kill the boy who lived. Also, let me say this. So, Harry, when you said Harry technically died, it was really, like, obviously the Horcrux part of him. And I disagree with this based on the fact that since Voldemort split himself into seven... And there were seven Horcruxes. And at the point of the final battle, he was the only one left. Not, I mean, Harry, the Horcrux and Harry was gone. Nagini was dead. So it was just Voldemort. So 
if by that logic he's a seventh of his soul so he should be weaker which means that it makes sense that harry would have killed him right yeah i agree with that and also it's like if harry would have died the first time that voldemort killed him who would have killed voldemort like how would that held any like power because i think maybe maybe if remus lived and remus killed him or like someone in the original or but none of them hold like a candle to the fact that like harry finally like got justice for being like branded as this person killing his parents killing every everybody else in his life who he loved and if harry died then it would just be like oh well voldemort's dead harry's dead okay but like because harry killed him that like holds the power of like oh my god like it's over and also this is like kind of sappy but like the cutest thing like the most i like think i cried about this single line for like a while because at the end of deathly hollows like the very end he was like he like touched his scar or something and he was like oh and it hadn't hurt in 19 years like that is sad like that is like it's like yeah because he did that and imagine killing him would just be so pointless I know, and, like, anticlimactic, like, I hate to say it, but, like, you kind of, if you're the protagonist, you kind of have to live unless you pull a divergence and then you kill the main character. But I stopped caring about that. I have one more thing to say about the final battle, though, Um, unless there's another opinion. But I really like how the final battle parallels so much of the first war, especially (laughs) with Remus and Tonks and their baby and how it shows that, like, no matter what, there's always going to be orphans of war and how Harry, and how Teddy is basically the new Harry, but then he's Harry's his godfather. Oh my god, I'm in so much pain. And all these people who like lost their lives, and it's like war sucks. <laughs> That's the moral of the Peace story. And Peace and love, war sucks. Um. Oh my god, this is crazy. The movie is better than the books. This is just straight up not true. Um, I can literally no i just feel like in a book you can go more in depth the characters are more like genuine okay thank you um yeah you're not on a time limit exactly that's why order of the phoenix is like a mountain because she was like let me just like detail things very in depth um i feel like you can appreciate things more too like appreciating relationships more and like you kind of I don't know like obviously seeing someone act it out is good but like it's almost fun to like create in your head and especially like obviously I read the books before I watched the movies and like when I read them some of the last three weren't even out yet so like I had to create it in my head and I feel like I know that's why it's like a big deal like for a lot of kids who read them because it's like that was like that was like the thing I I loved and I loved like imagining the world in my head, you know? When back to order of the Phoenix, how order of the Phoenix is a mountain. I'm not going to lie. Order of the Phoenix was the hardest for me to finish. It, I was like, girl, J JK. <clears throat> Sorry. I just threw up. We hate JK here. Um, but I was like, girl, I don't care about the ministry this much. Like, can we please get to the point? But all the other books, like the books were so good. Like genuinely, I felt like reading them the first time because I watched the movies, then I read them. And I wish I would have done the opposite. But 
I felt like reading the books. I felt like I was like redoing it for the first time ever, especially Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire is 100% my favorite book. That one had me quaking. Goblet of Fire is a fatty book, and I finished that shit in a day. A day. That's how invested I was. But so I would never say that the movies are better than the books. Not to be a fucking gifted kid, but (laughs) (laughs) the books are always better than the movie. Which I agree, yeah. It's because you get to make it up in your head. It's fun. And yeah, more room to do stuff. Exactly. That was the last one. I know. What are we going to do now? Just. What's my favorite movie? And my favorite book. I haven't read them in a while, but I remember as it, when I did read them as a kid, my favorite book being Prisoner of Azkaban always. I was a hardcore Hermione stan growing up because I related to her a lot um, because I was I was a gift, <laughs> I was a gifted kid. I was a very anal and anxious girl. Um, so my mom always said that I was like Hermione. Now I kind of feel like she's definitely smarter than I am. Um, and I've definitely let loose since I've been older, but um, that was my favorite book. I love the time turner part. I had a time turner as a kid, of course I, and I would wear it. I had, I also had Slytherin's locket, um, from, it was from Hot Topic, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, but my favorite movie, oh, I love Order of the Phoenix. That's also my that's my second favorite book. I I just think that movie is uh, it's just like it's so good. The characters are like developed more. I love Luna. Um I love the fact that the six people that go to the ministry are like it's almost like they've like not been brought together before b- besides obviously Dumbledore's army which is also in that movie. Mm-hmm. Steve something to say? Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're like, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I said I'm alive, but I'm dead. Um, I love Dumbledore's army. Um, anyway, I, I just love Dumbledore's army. I always wanted to be in it. I would like, I would like be like, can I write my name on that list? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I just, do you, do you have any closing statements on Harry Potter? As a as a um, epic, oh okay. I I do love the Order of the Phoenix movie. Um, I love Dumbledore's army as well. Also, because I'm rewatching it with Hannah right now, and Hannah hated Order of the Phoenix, and I was like, how? I was like, girl, we when you rewatch it, like you're gonna like it more. Like I think it's interesting, but kind of related to Dumbledore's army, and we talked about this a little earlier. The fact that Harry grew up to be an Auror makes me want to throw up. You should have given that king the defense against the dark arts professor. Imagine McGonagall as headmaster and Harry as Harry and Neville as professors. It would have been so good. And I'm like, the ministry did all these terrible things to Harry and the Order and everyone else. And then he's like, I'm going to go work for you guys. Anyway, my final Harry Potter closing statements... Um, are that like I know I'm a fucking nerd. Like I know I'm a nerd. And I've embraced it at this point, but it's like it's entertaining. Yeah. And I love the characters like way too much. Like I would lay down my life for any mem- any member of the Weasley family, maybe Percy. No, come on. Uh, ma- maybe. 
I'm a little mad at him because how can you have a family as perfect as the Weasleys and betray them? But I also like, hmm, I kind of get why he he's annoying. But I just like, I love them all. I really do. There's only a few that I hate, like with a burning passion. Um, But I'm like meant to hate them, you know? And fuck J.K. Rowling. <laughs> but yeah. So it's just, it's a nerdy thing. And I know I it's and I know it is. I mean, I'm fucking an adult in college, writing Ron Weasley fan fiction. Like, how did I get to this point in my life? But I I'm enjoying it. <laughs> and my mom, now that I've obviously seen and read them all, she like I'll bring it up. She does not like the fact that I'm a Slytherin. She's like the evil house because like, I told them I was like, oh yeah, all the villains are in Slytherin. She was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, sorry, <laughs> but yeah, that's my final Harry Potter closing statement. Is that I'm an adult nerd, Dis- Disney, <laughs> I'm Disney adult. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like a Warner Bros. adult. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> Also, I went to London my sophomore year of high school before I saw any of the movies or read the books. And we went to Warner Bros. Studio. So I saw all the sets and all of the things. And I have these random ass pictures from when I took. Because I was like, it was cool. Like, I didn't get it. And I looked back at the pictures and I was like, oh my god. I would give anything to go back to this right now and actually appreciate it. I have this picture of me in Diagon Alley. And I didn't even know it was Diagon Alley. And I'm like, oh my god. I that's how I feel about um Universal I literally was like shell-shocked when I saw it because it's like it just imagine like being in your favorite childhood book series like it's crazy um I love Harry Potter it is always gonna be something that I like cherish and like force my children to watch because I just like you like grow up with them and agreed fuck JK Rowling but her work is good and you know and I'm, I'm not gonna give her credit but her work is good um so yeah moral of the story is if you haven't <laughs> played the song again if you didn't know the song we played at the beginning was from deathly hollows um in a little chair wait for me also, the fact that people ship harry and hermione because of that scene make me want to shoot myself in the head the answer is no it ended wolf what wolf who's wolfstar Oh, I'm not that weird. No. Um, let's not go into that. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, moral of the story is if you have made it this long and you've never watched or read the books, then I don't. You are hella bored. But if you have, thanks for joining us on this little journey. Caroline, thank you for coming back. She <laughs> I knock out. The, the, the podcast just ends there. <laughs> and you just hear like the microphone fall on the ground. Should I drop it? Punch. I don't know if that got it. It would sound more like this. That sounded like a punch. Anyway. Um, thank you guys. Stop. Thank you guys. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it like always. Now we're gonna go get some Chipotle for a midday lunch. Um Tim, wait for me. Uh, yeah, but thank you guys for listening. See you next time. But. <laughs> <laughs>